7.08 right now. I want to welcome in on the LegacyRetirementGroup.com phone line, the president of Opportunity Ohio, Matt Mayer. Matt, it's good to talk with you again. Hey, good to, good to talk to you, Bob. So, China, we know that uh, China has a lot of things that uh, that we use. I, I mean, I'm a big Christmas light kind of guy, and a lot of the lights that I use, honestly, they come from China. Uh, and right now, we're kind of in a cold war with them, aren't we? How are uh, how are companies preparing for that kind of thing? Well, yeah, I mean, first you had to step back and think, uh, you know, uh, China has made it very clear that they, they want Taiwan back uh, in their fold. And... You know, coming in the fall, there's a big meeting in China uh, where they're supposed to vote for Xi to kind of become the big guy again. And and so given what's happened in Russia, given that you see now North Korea start to light things up, Iran's lighting things up, uh, Russia obviously did what it did. There's clear perception that the world views Biden as a weak president. And so, you know, the concern here is that we're going to see more action in Taiwan and China and Asia, which could result in kind of this Cold War getting hotter, uh, and that means sanctions. So so you have to think, if you're in a company, are you prepared, are you preparing for what looks like it, you know, it's going to take place, which is sanctions on China, where it's going to interrupt supply chains and all the kind of things that go with that. And, and, and so companies probably really need to think about that uh, today versus waiting for something to happen, as we've seen with Russia. You know, this stuff can destabilize things in a moment, and you know the stock market could could go down 20, 20, 30 points uh, percent points uh, if if that happens. And so, you know, the key here is what can companies do today to prepare for what likely will be you know a pretty ugly tomorrow. Now we know that chips, computer chips specifically, are a big issue right now because there's a, a lot of things that depend on those computer chips that come over from China. Is is there any way that you see us, uh, the United States, Ohio, uh, however that may look, being able to do things on our own and get off of the dependency of China, especially with all this in play? Well, I think that that needs to be the long-term play for, for the U.S. and for Ohio, right, is you know so much of our chip uh, uh, industry depends on chips coming out of Taiwan, and 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 people know that, China knows that, and so I think there's movement now to start putting more of that work uh, outside of China and places like the U.S. and and, and Europe uh, to create a, a greater security because virtually everything, everything you use has chips in it these days. I mean, you know, your cars do, your all your equipment, stuff at home that you use, phones, computers, like so, you know. If that becomes a massive problem, uh, we're going to see some real, real supply chain issues. We're going to see prices rise for everything because, you know, supply demand is the way the market works. And so, you know, I think there needs to be some strategic thought. If I'm running a company, you know, I or working for a big company, I would be doing a lot of thought leadership on this concept of how dependent are we on China and Taiwan for supply chain issues and what can we do today to diversify that a bit more in order to make sure we don't suffer too much if if things go south with China. Yeah, we're speaking with Matt Mayer, the president of Opportunity Ohio. And Matt, I I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion. I mean, you mentioned it earlier. China wants Taiwan back in the fold. It's it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, correct? When that does happen, as likely as it is, 
what would the U.S. do? I mean, would we impose further sanctions on China? And if we do that, how is that going to affect, you know, again, prices and, and the supply that we need for things? Well, so the, the one clear lesson out of Russia and Ukraine is if a country has a survivable nuclear capability, you're off. You're, you're awfully limited in what you can do to them. And and so Russia, you know, they have four thousand nukes. So what are we going to do, right? Uh, well, we do sanctions, right? We're not going to risk putting troops into Ukraine. We're not going to even do a fly zone. We won't even directly give them planes. Uh, to fight themselves, because we don't want to do any type of escalation, given that Russia has a survival nuclear capability, meaning if we do some type of limited nuclear strike, we can't take out their capability so that they can continue to strike back. Well, China's in that same boat. China has a survival nuclear capability. So, again, it's going to limit us. Are we going to put troops into Taiwan? Are we going to do a a fly zone? Are we going to put naval assets into the South China Sea that are going to fire upon Chinese naval assets. I doubt all those things. We say we will, but I, I, I just, at the end of the day, I don't know many, you know, Joe and Jane Ohioans who are going to send their son or daughter to go die for Taiwan. It sounds cold and calculated, but that's the reality. Um, so that means we're limited to really sanctions. And with China, you know, it's a bigger beast than Russia because, you know, so much of the world is dependent now on China because of that post-2000 World Trade Organization entry that they had, we rushed into China with, you know, good services, supply chains. And so, you know, you will likely see large increases in prices. We're going to see uh, some sub- supply issues, meaning, you know, you're going to see things not, not at the grocery store or at the mall that you're used to seeing uh, if we hit this road uh, in the next year or so with China. Speaking with Matt Mayer, president of Opportunity Ohio. And Matt, I mean, if China, if it gets to the point to where, you know, the United States is mad at China, China is mad at the United States, and China says, you know what, the heck with you guys, you get nothing. What, I mean, how devastating would that, I mean, I know it would be bad, but just exactly how devastating would that be? Well, I mean, I guess what I would say is walk around your house uh, or uh, go to the next time you're at the store, just look look at the number of things that are made in China. Uh, it, it's a huge number, right? And, and so we are still very dependent on that. It would have a massive impact on our economy. I, my guess is we'd go into a global recession if there is some type of, of sanctions war with, with China. Um, and, and here's the long-term problem, Bob. I mean, when you look at this, you know, do we try to defend Taiwan or is our larger goal to try to keep them penned within the South China Sea? And, you know, you've got Japan, South Korea, the Philippines. You know, do we try to bring Vietnam into the fold so that they become a larger ally of ours? They have issues with China. You know, India is a big problem for us because, you know, India is you know, has a border with China, but India buys all its weapons from Russia. Russia is now a strategic ally of China. So I don't know if India will join us. So it becomes a real challenge if if we want to try to contain china so that it doesn't kind of hit that global domination it seems to be aiming for uh, you know it's you know it is a tough nut to crack and we're in we better be in for the long haul and and you know the upside here is if we can reshore some of the stuff that we pushed to china over the last 20 years there's opportunities for ohio and other places 
uh, to get back what we lost uh, to China. And, you know, I, there's a chart I put on Twitter earlier this week that shows the manufacturing uh, sector in the trade, transportation, utility sectors in Ohio from 2000 to today. And you see them literally within months of, of China's entry into the WTO, both of those sectors just suffered massive job losses over the next decade because of so many of those uh, companies pushing their uh, manufacturing and trade, transportation, utility work over to China. So there is an opportunity here. And, and again, our companies doing what they should do today to take advantage of that opportunity now before uh, it becomes kind of a crisis moment. Yeah, it uh, it certainly does not seem like it's on the right path, at least uh, to benefit the United States and Ohio as a whole. That That is for sure. Let me ask you this, because I, I was thinking about this as I was looking over some notes. There used to be the whole made in America thing. And I remember this from years ago and you had all those commercials and you had the American flag on everything. And it used to be a great source of pride to have something on your product that said made in America. Do you see something like that trying to make a resurgence uh, amidst this kind of of, uh, of I- these kind of issues with China? Well, I think, look, that's what Donald Trump was trying to push, right, which was, you know, let's let's make America great again by making things here. You know, and, and I think that that push was an important push. And that's why he was trying to aggressively to to beat down on China's mercantilism, its trade theft, its IP theft, uh, in, in how it how it approached things. But yeah, you know, I mean, when you think about it, right? If you know, everybody said, "Oh, Thomas Friedman wrote his book, The World Is Flat," and globalization is the greatest thing since sliced bread because you know we can get things cheaper made in China than we can make them here. Well, that creates other problems, right? Which is called dependencies with bad people in bad countries, and so. I think that we're going to go through a great rethinking of the idea of globalization. And is there a way for us to limit globalization to places that are actually allies and friends of ours, right? Can we have a true free trade agreement with, with Europe where we get rid of all tariffs uh, on all products between, you know, North America and, and the European continent, right? Is, is, is there a way for us to strengthen our relations with Australia, New Zealand? Um, and, and that to me seems to me to be the next real push versus this idea that globalization is going to remain what it is, because I, I think people are realizing, you know, you can't, you just can't become dependent as a country on thugs and despots in just because they have cheap labor or a large market for you to sell your, your, your products to. So I, I think you're going to see a retrenchment and Made in America is going to continue to have a comeback uh, for more and more people. Speaking with Matt Mayer, president of Opportunity Ohio, and speaking of, of bringing things maybe possibly back over here, I know with the Intel plant that is going to come back in. I mean, that's we're talking several years off for that, though. Uh, you know, I, that can't be bad for Ohio and for the country to bring that manufacturing back over to here. Uh, no, it, it's essentially a great thing. You know, Intel's, you know, they're going to do the big stuff here, $20 billion investment here in Ohio. They, in, you know, continue to build in Arizona and in, uh, New Mexico. They've committed 30 billion euros to uh, Europe, Magdeburg, Germany, to do what they're going to do here or there. Uh, other companies are, TMS, TMSC is putting some facilities uh, in, in the Southwest. Um, you know, NVIDIA is, is continuing to invest. So, Lots of the chip makers are starting to come here and build more stuff here. You know, the question is, you know, for Intel is, boy, their capital expenditures are off the charts right now in terms of what they say they're going to do. And, you know, 
how viable is that going to be as, you know, we see this global instability? Um, you'd think that, you know, there's a market opportunity because of Taiwan, but so many companies like Apple and Google uh, have, have essentially in, in-house their chip operations. So they're not going to buy stuff from Intel. Uh, they, they've created their own supply chain on this, uh, that they, they have their own chips now that they manufacture. So, you know, there's great hope. But boy, we've got a couple of years here of really uncertain times uh, that could could really throw a curveball into Intel's plans that could impact what what and how big they do. I mean, if you remember, Bob, Foxconn had that massive announcement in Wisconsin, yeah, uh, that they're going to invest all this money, and that thing has turned out to be a little bitty little bitty nothing burger uh, for Wisconsin. And you know, also keep in mind, we had to promise two billion dollars in 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 government funds to Intel to, to come to, to Ohio. So it ain't, it ain't going to be cheap on our side to get them to do what they say they're going to do. So, you know, it's a, there's a lot of, of question marks still to come given the global instability that's going to, you know, impact Intel's long-term plans more than, more than uh, probably they think they think so at this point, because there's a lot of competition in that industry and a lot of companies have gone in house. So I, you know, you have to wonder you know, how much can they do and are they going to be able to blow this thing to the degree that they have promised that they, right. they will? 